Hey, what's up, Team Egos? Today's episode with Johnny was an absolute blast. It was so much fun that we actually talked for over three hours. Due to the upload sizes, I unfortunately had to separate this out into two episodes. So enjoy part one here and make sure to finish it up with part two, which is already uploaded, and enjoy. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Tiesta Tea. Tiesta Tea was started to revolutionize the way people consume tea. Finding the right tea should be simple. What will it do for me, and what will it taste like? By focusing on function and flavor, Tiesta Tea makes tea approachable and easy to understand. Tiesta Tea created five functional categories based on the health benefits that each blend naturally gives you. And with a variety of flavors within each function, there are blends to fit every taste and lifestyle. Use code TMIGOS20 for 20% off your first order on TiestaT.com. That's TMIGOS20. Welcome to the Team Egos Podcast, the show where we talk about life while enjoying tea. Today, I talked with Johnny, the health genie. Johnny is a global health lawyer with a passion for bringing healthy living to all. In this episode, we touch on topics like COVID, racial injustices, birth control, tea and herbs, health habits, our perspective on what guilt and shame means, and a lot more. Check out her work on social media at Health Genie, that's at Health G-E-E-N-I-E, and enjoy the show. Johnny, hello. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah. Super excited. I, I, after the uh, tea panel that we did back in, when was that? February? Was that yeah. January, February? <laughs> I uh, I don't know, but it, it had to be January, February. It wasn't March, yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, it was not. I, I still feel like we're in March. I don't know. This time's weird. But so weird. Yeah, yeah. So after we did that, I was, uh, I knew I wanted to talk more in depth with all of you on the tea panel. That was a uh, shout out to, uh, it's Liv Piff, right? Yes. And, and Miriam at Tea yes. Salon. They're so cool. <laughs> yeah. Very cool people. People should uh, go check out their work. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. They, we had a great time. Um, I still have yet to post the recording of that panel. So this is a good. I uh, haven't either. <laughs> Actually, I just rewatched it. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. I just kind of revisited it um, like yesterday and today. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. That was like, it's kind of like, I, I wish it would have been longer because like having four of us on there to talk about like just such an in-depth topic that we all love yeah. and all and that we can all talk about like I just felt like we could have talked for another two or three hours to the, the four of us but I completely agree I almost thought it could have been a series mm-hmm. because and there were so yeah. many different directions we could have gone in and I had I like had so many questions for you guys and I wanted to hear more but mm-hmm. everyone had like their own niche and it just wasn't enough time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's why I, like afterwards I told myself, I'm like, okay, these people are all going to be on the podcast. I'm going <laughs> to be, I'm going to get them all to, uh, to, cause I, I'm, I'm curious. Like you said, everyone has like their own like niche in the, mm-hmm. in it. And so you are luckily the, the first one to, from that T panel. Oh, I'm so honored <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, to be on and I'm excited. So, 
I guess first things first, um, let's talk about what we're drinking today. So you have... I'm drinking Japanese sencha, and I put some raspberry leaf in it as well. Mm. Okay. Okay. What? Yeah. Uh, where'd you get the sencha? Um, I go to this Korean market near my house, or mm. Asian market. I think that mm. it is Korean-owned, but they have, you know, a bunch of different um, foods from everywhere. And I found a Japanese sencha tea. Um, I don't know the brand because it's in Japanese, but yeah. it did say sencha on it in Japan. <laughs> so <laughs> In Japan, yeah. That's good. I mean, Sencha, um, do you know much about Sencha? I do know a little bit. I know like it's a green, it's kind of like from the green tea family. I know it's super high in antioxidants. Um, what else? I know I like to drink it in the mornings. That's. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, that, it's like a perfect all day tea for me. I'm mm-hmm. uh, I really, I've like, I don't know if I've, Cause I used to be super intolerant to caffeine and I still okay. am when it comes to like coffee, but okay. tea I've noticed I can drink green tea pretty much like five, six, 7 PM. And, and it won't still... make you stay up. No. And it, it. it's, it's crazy. I mean, we can get into like, I mean, my speculation, like health benefits and everything like that's in it, but it's um like, so Sencha for me has been kind of one of those teas where it's a just casual drinking tea that I can have throughout the whole day. I can sip on it, make a nice pot and just continually steep the leaves and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like you were saying, it's a good Japanese tea or it's one of the, I think the most popular Japanese teas. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what flush you have of the sencha? I don't know if it says mm-hmm. on there. Yeah. This is getting I a little. I should have brought the box. Um, okay. Oh, if it's in Japanese, I can't. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> Not that good. Not <laughs> I have to like type in a translation. JK, I don't know the cap the alphabet, so Yeah, right. I know. It's like it's it's hard. I don't get it. I don't know it, but Yeah. And yeah. then I added um I had raspberry leaf. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. Because I like to do like I like to do some kind of like hormone balancing thing almost every day. Yes. Um and raspberry leaf is really great for that. So I usually add that to my morning tea. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So wait, so Talk talk about the raspberry leaf because I've recently heard of raspberry leaf. So I guess one just from a flavor stance, mm-hmm. is it what does it taste like? So it seems like it would be sweet like a raspberry, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's um <laughs> it's not super flavorful. So sad. It's not it's not bad though. It doesn't have like any bitterness, but it it's kind of like it blends really well with everything because it's it doesn't really have a flavor. It's just like a tea. Um I'm trying to think of like how I could describe it. Like it's not earthy. It's not bitter. It's not mm. sweet. <laughs> like, it's just, it's is like, it umami? I think that's the other one. Other flavor. The one? <laughs> um, what can I compare it to? I don't even, hold on. Let me, let me take a sip and see. Yeah. See what you, uh, what your body tells you. So my tea tastes like sencha because. <laughs> yeah. And that's the challenge. Stronger when you than the mm-hmm. raspberry. Yeah. Cause um, yeah. Sorry, go on. Um, yeah. I was just going to say though, that I, I really like the raspberry actually because of the fact that it doesn't have a lot of flavor. It's really mm-hmm. easy to add to kind of like whatever else I'm drinking. Yeah. Um, I drink a lot of tea, but sometimes I'm drinking it cause like I want to try something new or because it's good for me. But then other times 
I'm like trying to double up all my things, like try a new tea, get my hormone balance in, like get my antioxidants. <laughs> so it's nice to have a tea that I can just add to anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. And I, I definitely have to try it just cause I've get, I get a lot of questions about it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And I got it confused for the longest time because I know blackberry leaves mm-hmm. are super sweet. They're like natural sweeteners in yeah. tea. So I would get it confused and I'd say stuff like that. And then I caught myself like, and I was like, okay, no, this is a good hormone balanced balancing herb, um, which I don't know much about that. So what's, uh, do you know a lot about like what goes on there? Like how, how does it help? How does it work with the body and what does it do? So um, people have used raspberry leaf tea to like alleviate a lot of the symptoms of like women's hormonal cycles. Right. So it can be great for reducing cramps um, mm-hmm. uh, for, so a lot of, so women go through multiple hormonal cycles, but the society really only talks about your puberty cycle. So they really only discuss like when you go from like, I'm a kid to like a woman, I have a cycle, I have like hormonal acne now, I have all these changes, but women actually go through multiple hormonal cycles throughout their life. Um, another big one is late twenties to early thirties. Um, it's not super studied, but some people speculate that one of the reasons for the hormonal cycle is because of the change in your fertility. You become between five and 7% less fertile in your mm. early thirties. Okay. And so if you haven't had kids yet, it can kind of kick up your sex drive. Um, it can make your body just like really kind of go crazy in terms of like trying to figure out how to attract a partner or like yeah. when you have a baby, you have all these hormonal fluctuations that change your skin, change your hair, change everything. Um, and if you don't have a baby, your body doesn't get to do that hormonal cycle. Oh, so um, it's really, so I personally use a lot of hormonal balances because like, I don't really like, I get hormonal acne sometimes yeah. um, to balance moods. Um, there's a ton of things you can do. I mean, things like exercise and like eating well also help, but tea yeah. is like, a super easy, you know, you don't have to like, change any other yeah. lifestyle things. You can just kind of add a tea. Yes. Um, and raspberry leaf is definitely the easiest and it's quite inexpensive too. Hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like I said, it's uh, it's one of those I don't know much about right now, but mm-hmm. it's, I'm starting to learn a little bit more and it, that, that's fascinating because this is, and maybe it's just because the community I'm kind of um, surrounding myself with on Instagram, but I'm starting to learn a lot about like these different hormonal cycles and how herbs can supplement to each of those cycles. And even during like your monthly cycle as a woman, there's like the different phases that you can supplement herbs to help relieve either like the a PMS um, pains or symptoms right. or I don't know. I don't know much about it, but I'm start, I'm kind of trying to learn a little bit more. It's, <laughs> it's so interesting because, um, you know, it's more than half the population, right, is having all these like hormonal changes. And men also are having hormonal uh, cycles and changes too. Um, it could, I guess it's less messy, so it's a little less paid attention to. <laughs> ours, are, ours are simple. I think it's a daily thing. It's high testosterone at the morning, low testosterone at night, and they right. start over. <laughs> Right. But then also, you know, as you guys age, you know, your testosterone Mm. is affected by these environmental factors. It can be stress, all these different things. Right. Um, 
But for some reason, we just don't really talk about hormones very much, even though they have such an impact on so much. I'm not just, you know, being able to like have a child, but things like your skin, how your hair grows, um, who you're attracted to. Mm-hmm. When your hormones are imbalanced, you're attracted to a different type of person. Mm. Um, what do you this, mean by that? Yeah. Or sorry, go on. Um, there was a really cool study that came out about um, how birth control attra- affects your attraction because they found that there were a lot of women who were on birth control for a lot of years and they chose a spouse. And then when they got off birth control, um, when they were still with the same spouse, they weren't attracted to them anymore. Oh, geez. (laughs) (laughs) Right? That's scary. (laughs) It's super scary, but there's so much of your attraction is is on a biological level. Yeah. And so much of it is like what your body is telling your brain it needs kind of for procreation for, I don't know, like natural, whatever that is, whatever that word would be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But really what all that is, is is hormones because, you know, birth control is just, it's a high dosage of hormones or a hormone adjusting thing happening. Mm -hmm. And it it can affect so much and no one ever talks about it. (laughs) Yeah. Or anyone about it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know much about, like, again, this is kind of a field I'm starting to learn a little bit more about, but Mm-hmm. Obviously, being a man, I don't know much about it just because that's something I didn't have to experience or go through. So, but from like what I do understand is that, that like birth control is sold as like uh, it's going to help regulate your hormones. It's going to help with symptoms of like you were talking about like the hormonal acne. It's going to help with like pain and like just irregular periods and stuff like that. But in reality, it actually kind of affects those and really if you're just living like a toxin-free life if you're living like a a healthier just like you said like properly working out like with your cycles or introducing herbs and teas you can kind of do that naturally yourself right yeah yeah so um birth control is a hard topic because on the one hand i know that um birth control is really an amazing feet of like modern medicine. Um, and it has given women a lot of like power and choice and capacity. Um, because, you know, if a woman has a baby that really changes her whole life, if she has a baby before she's ready to, even with the most supportive partner, like a woman is carrying the baby for nine months and pregnancy is really hard on the body. And it can take, um, literally just read an article about this like two weeks ago about how it can take a woman two full years to fully recover from childbirth. Damn. Um, yeah. You know, companies give you what, like four to six weeks off? <laughs> In America. In America, right? <laughs> Those listening who are overseas, <laughs> they get like a whole year off because that makes sense. Like you have a exactly. brand new baby that's that can't do anything. Like you have to, right. you have to care for that. And your own body. You know, and like yeah. Women get ripped literally apart. <laughs> like mm, having yes. a child. Exactly. Um, so it's so on the one hand, you know, birth control is amazing for the choice it gives women. Um, I, I'm really a big advocate for reproductive health and health rights. So in my opinion, every woman should have access to any kind of birth control she wants. And it should be like really cheap. It should be free, honestly. It should but be like, free, yeah. I was going to um, say. That being said, on the other hand, <laughs> I also 
am cons- I am concerned about birth control just because um, it's not it's not studied in the way kind of like other medicines are studied. Um, there was a lot of talk this week about the Johnson and Johnson vaccine and the blood clots. Yeah. Yep. And it was really interesting because on Twitter it sparked this conversation where women were like, "Okay, you know, one in five thousand. I don't really remember the stats, so don't quote me on that. But let's yeah. just yeah, hypothetically, like one yep. in, one in one thousand people are getting blood clots off of birth control, and like that hasn't stopped anything. Exactly. And it sparked this crazy conversation where people started bringing up all the like side effects of birth control. Mm-hmm. Largely, society has been like, "Well, sucks to suck, take it or don't." But when like they started testing male birth control, I mean, the guy started complaining about the side effects. One guy got a headache and it was over. Like, you know, trial done. It's terrible. And it, yeah. And, it's, yeah. Um, so for like, to me, I, I am definitely like if women, I encourage women, if they have the capacity and the means to explore other options, like in a way that's safe and doesn't threaten their life. Um, I, I definitely straddle in between I'm not, I'm very pro birth control, but I also really wish that we had more money and science going into studying it properly, like exploring non-hormonal options um, and figuring out ways we can like kind of better take care of women because it's again, over half of the population (laughs) could be subject to a lot of these really bad side effects. A lot of terrible things happen to women on birth control. And a lot of times they just kind of suck it up. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's from what I hear, just like the side effect, I mean, it just tears up the gut a little bit. I mean, it tears up like it just affects the overall system. And you can and the good thing about it is you can bounce back from it. Like you can you can come back after you take or you take the time to get off of birth control. You can bounce back. But it's like, yeah, like you said, like, why aren't there other? I mean, there are other options. Condoms are great. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a, that's an option. Um, you have, I guess. There's I don't know. Um, so not- I haven't tested. <laughs> I haven't tried this, but I I was I have been reading a lot about. Um, there's a non-hormonal birth control that uses that pretty much was inspired by women who are trying to get pregnant. And one way that women who are exploring fertility, they use uh, basal thermometers and they take yes. their temperature. Because yes. it can tell, it tells you when you're ovulating. It's something about the to the, your temperature to the tenth or the hundredth is something higher when you're yep. ovulating. Yeah, and they use that technology to say, okay, we know when you're ovulating, then we know when you're not ovulating, and you can't get pregnant when you're not ovulating. Mostly, is, and- I was going to say, <laughs> is that true? <laughs> like, is that like <laughs> I don't? This is a serious question because, like, I I've heard this this um, tactic before of te- testing your temperature and figuring out like when you're ovulating and avoiding sex during those things, which also like avoiding sex during ovulation. Isn't that like, <laughs> almost, it's like when you want to have sex the most. The most so, right? Yeah. So that's a, uh, that's a whole nother like, challenge in it itself. Great in theory, right? <laughs> in theory, exactly. <laughs> Until you but, have like an ovulating woman looking at you. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, like biology takes over. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess back to the, that question, you can still get pregnant when you're not ovulating, right? Okay, so it's complex because like with most things, most things with science in the body, there are like your facts and then you have, there's always like exceptions, right? Um, 
you know, they, uh, sperm can live up like inside the body, maybe up to like 72 hours, I think is what they say. Like okay. long, like after sex, yeah. like can live in you for 72 hours. So maybe you had sex three days before you're ovulating, but your partner's mm. sperm maybe stayed in there. Yeah. Ov- ovulation, right? Okay. Okay. So then let's say maybe it was four days and you're thinking, okay, sperm only lives 72 hours, but we're, we can't really say with certainty that a man's, a, a certain man's sperm couldn't, you know, survive a fourth or fifth day. Exactly. Right? Yeah. That's, <laughs> um, yeah. And I'm sure that happens. And even the same thing on the, the on the other side of ovulation, right? Um, maybe, he, maybe um, the sperm didn't get to the egg within your ovulation window and mm-hmm. lived for 72 hours after, and you never got pregnant, even though you guys did have sex and were intending to. Yeah. Right. It's, Pregnancy is so interesting because it's like when people really, really want to get pregnant, they have a lot of trouble. <laughs> and when they don't want to get pregnant, it seems like, yeah. well, <laughs> oops, <laughs> exactly. And I think it's just because sometimes we approach science and stuff with the body and health as everyone is the same. And we're oh, all like too. these organisms that have these slight differences and slight variables that aren't big enough to, you know, maybe be afforded a John Hopkins study. Mm-hmm. but are big enough to affect your personal life. Yeah. You know, you, you could have a super sperm that lives five days and boom. Now you're yeah. pregnant. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's a man. That's just, it's, I think like you said there, it's almost at this point on each individual to really kind of take control of their own bodies and take control of their own health, figure out what is working best and like how, I don't know, do experiments with yourself, like test things out, like see kind of how, how things work. Now, this is a hard thing. Don't get pregnant (laughs) by accident. If you're, but like you can, I don't, I don't know. I, I, this is, it's, it's hard because I don't want to speak for how a woman should try something. Cause I, I don't know. I don't know. I got something I will never know. So I, it's a, it's, but it's super interesting because like you said, it affects over half the population. Right. And it's not talked about enough that people understand. And the pills like are, are like a birth control is like super easy. It's like, especially like a, just like an IUD, you throw it in and a pill, you just kind of take it every day. And it's just like, you don't have to worry about it. And right. But you should worry about it a little bit too, right. or at least understand, like maybe not worry about it, but just at least understand what it could potentially be doing. Right. And I was thinking the other day about, I was trying to think in what other situation. So like a lot of women can start taking birth control, you know, 12 and 13. Yeah. Um, some women end up on birth control even before they get their period because they start having symptoms. Some parents are just worried. So they just put their kids on birth control as soon as they think they're having sex. Yeah. Um, and some women will be on birth control until they want to have a child, which every generation it's getting later and later. Um, millennials are wanting to have kids in their late twenties and early thirties yeah. versus, uh, gen X was more like, you know, early twenties, mid twenties kind of thing. Yep. So when you think about that, that means a girl could be on birth control from 13 to maybe 30, yeah, right? 15, 17 years of their life. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. It would be 20 years, depending how yeah, many shit, exactly. On, right? Yeah. And when you think about that, what other what other person in society will be on medication for 15 to 20 years straight who is not chronically or mentally ill? 
And I've literally been trying to think of an answer to that for. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) elderly is like where my mind goes or like you said, someone who has a chronic condition. Right. And it's, that is, that's something that we should really care about. If some, if we, if we have half of our society, hmm. especially in like developed nations, right. Who are on birth control or medication for 15 or 20 years, that should be like the testing on that should be so rigorous. The money going into development of that should be so intense. Yeah. And then it makes me wonder how many, like how many issues are we not tying to, to possible hormonal birth control? For sure. That's, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. And that's a, that's a fascinating way to put it though. Cause I've never thought about it that way. And I mean, even thinking about it kind of generally, I, I, the last podcast I recorded, we were talking, um, Nicole, she had just, it was going to be her 13th anniversary of her blog. And I'm like, I've never done anything for 13 years ever, except for go to school (laughs) and live. Like I'm, I'm more than 13 years old. Most of that stuff. So, yeah. And so I'm like, but then you take it and you tie it to that. It's like, I've never taken a pill for 13 years, 17 years, 15 or 20 years. And like, person won't even take their antibiotics for the full 10 days. Yeah, exactly. Like we're in an antibiotic crisis because people stop at day seven when their, their cough goes away. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, um, that's a fascinating out, outlook on that and scary though at the same time, because like you said, what I think just, there's such a lack of education. And I, I think that's, the mindset's changing. At least, like I said, maybe it's just because I'm surrounding myself with people who are more in tune with what's going on and they're taking kind of control of their own health and empowering themselves to explore these different avenues and experiment. But I think it's changing and I think people are getting a a little bit more aware of this. And it's, I mean, like you said, it's something that's necessary. At least the conversations are necessary because and that, and that makes me think, do you know, like, the history of birth control? Like, where did it start? How did it start? I don't, but now I really want to I really want to know, actually. I'm assuming an, oh, an old white dude <laughs> kind of made it. No. <laughs> See, okay. like an old white dude is behind a lot of a lot Exactly. Of stuff. I'll leave out an adjective, but a lot of stuff, okay? <laughs> but, like, for real, like, knowing that I'm going to be an old white dude someday... <laughs> I got to change, you know, like like, I got to change this. (laughs) I don't, I will say that it's hard because, um, a lot of men have made a lot of decisions, right. Especially in terms of like sexual education and reproductive health. And, um, then I find that today, a lot of men who, you know, want to have the conversations and kind of want to be better than men of the past, they also are hesitant because they know that the conversation for so long has been dominated by men. Um, and I think there has to be kind of this middle ground where it's like, you know, men have to be just as invested in these kind of health questions that pertain to women as women are, and -hmm. also even use their, like their privilege and their power to raise these topics and make them kind of like a more central conversation. But I also understand, like, I have a lot of friends and it's like, they don't want to, they do not want to be another guy over talking a woman about her body. So there, I, I under, I kind of like, I give, I give the, 
I gave you guys grace in a way to like, I understand kind of like the trouble with wanting to do better, but also not wanting to fall into like the same patterns. For sure. Yeah. Cause that's, I mean, again, it's to me, if from my perspective in this stuff, I want to learn because like, I'll never know personally firsthand. I'll never have firsthand experience with it. So tell me what's going on because, and then just tell me how I can help because like, and then the more I know, the more like, and you can do stuff. And then if you're like with a partner and like, you're just having these conversations and you're open and exploring this stuff and she wants to try something, hell yeah, go for it. Be a supportive partner and be like, let's try it. Let's, let's do that. Let's do that thing. Um, I mean, obviously every relationship, you just got to work with what you got, but that's, I mean, from, from a man's perspective like in this, perfect, like relationship, like guidance, <laughs> just work with what you got, you know, work with what you got. <laughs> I am not a relationship counselor, <laughs> but well, that's like I've heard all week though. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I guess like my my take on a man in this situation is, all right, let's take a step back. Let's elevate the voices of women in this field because men, you don't know what's going on. You don't, we don't have to experience it. We experience it through the voice, like from a third, par- or third party perspective or whatever. But it's like, okay, let's take a step back. Let's learn, absorb, and just ask what can I do to support? What can I do to help? And then that, I mean, that's what I think the, just the conversation needs to be kind of in general, like looking even past this birth control conversation. It's like the, the things that are going on here in Minneapolis, like right now, it's like, I was wondering where you were. (laughs) Yeah. I'm in Minneapolis. So I'm uh, actually very like not too close to where, um, is it Dante? Is that how you pronounce his his name, the guy in Brooklyn Center, who unfortunately just got. Uh, oh, I, I'm thinking about the, pot, the panel. I was like, there was a guy named John. No, 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 no. Um, in Brooklyn Center, the the recent yeah. um, tragedy that yeah, the guy who just got shot. But I'm um, I'm in South Minneapolis, actually very close, just a few blocks from where in Cup Foods, where George Floyd was murdered. Um, Gosh. It's just, and it's it's wild just around here right now. But like I was saying, rightfully kind of, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so. Exactly. But it's just, uh, I mean, yeah. It's. I think, like I said, and again, going from my perspective, being who I am, it's like, what can I do in the situation? Ask questions and learn, and ask how I can support. Like that's right. that's the biggest thing that I because like. I've been having this conversation or hearing this a lot too about and kind of transitioning, I guess, since we brought, I brought up the, the George Floyd and Dante. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. I actually, I'm blanking on his last name. Um, oh, I don't know either. I've, yeah. I've honestly, um, I haven't, I haven't really dived. I haven't really. Do- dove, yeah. Dove like, into it. I mean, yeah, under- after yeah. last summer and all that, all of the George Floyd and like the yeah. domino of that, you know, it's, it can take a toll. So I'm very like, cognizant yep. about what I consume. Good. Um, I mean, so I, haven't, I haven't like yeah. watched the videos and that's, I just yeah. allow my network to kind of keep me updated on like the big stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. Prosecution and. <laughs> yep. And, and so. understand because it can be overwhelming for sure. But yeah. Um, now I kind of lost what I, where I was going to say with that, but. I think you were going, we were talking about um, 
you were saying kind of listen and elevate voices yeah. and um, you were saying something about like, cause of who you are. Is that for anything? No. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, th- I think and I was just going to, yeah, I know. <laughs> Shoot. I think I had something there, but I, I mean, I think the story is, I like I said already, I feel like I was going to make a different point, but just like the story is to just, just be there, be supportive. Like, I mean, Oh, this is what I was going to say. Oh, it's excited. the, um, yeah. Cause this has been a conversation or I've been hearing a lot and it's of people, um, especially like white men like me feeling almost shameful for being a white man. And in my opinion, I tell, I'm like, no, like, don't feel shame for being a white man. Like there's no, you didn't have that choice. You were born a white man. Like I, I didn't choose to be a white man at birth. Like I was born that don't, don't have shame in that. Just understand where that puts you in this, in this climate, in this, uh, I don't know, just where it puts you in life and have gratitude for the things that you don't have to deal with and don't have to overcome. And then again, ask where you can support and see what you can do. I mean, recognize shit that there is privilege with being a white man. I mean, I'm, I'm lucky enough where I've been that type of person. I was born in a very affluent family, very loving family. I mean, my parents, most supportive people on this planet. And like I said, I'm a white man. And like looking at it now, I'm like, Oh yeah, for sure. I'm I'm a privileged boy. I was a privileged boy growing <laughs> up. Suburbs of Chicago. Like, I mean, it's just like, oh yeah, I, I see it now. Like I didn't really pay attention to it then, like when it was when I was growing up, but I'm like, okay. And I think it's just important, like, okay, well, what does that mean? What does that mean for me? It's like again, just I keep harping on it because it's so important. Just do what I can for the community, do what I can to support and elevate other voices that I, right. that don't always have a platform. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think like it doesn't make sense for, you can't, you shouldn't feel shame about something that you, like we all like every, not everyone, but a lot of people are born with different kind of privileges. Right. Yeah. And you don't get to choose, you know, what family you're born into or what, you know, societal benefits you got because of, you know, other like, century old traditions or just culture or whatever um that being said you also have a duty if you care like if you care enough to feel shame then you should care enough to you know do what you can to make a difference Um, it's not always as simple and as superficial as you know posting a black square or like re or hashtagging you know black lives matter Mm -hmm. um there are like a lot of daily things that you can do as a person with privilege that can support communities or help de, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like deconstruct all these like terrible things in our society. Yeah, um, for sure. You, know, you can elevate voices. You can use your platform. You can correct your white friends who might, you know, have a bad perspective. Yeah. Um, it's not easy. It's not always fun, but it's also not fun to, you know, be, uh, you know, a, an American minority that is like, you know, subject to racial violence or subject to discrimination. Um, I definitely don't think that, you know, feeling shame is really like, it's kind of like a useless emotion, like not even just in this context, but like anything, you know, like you're on a diet and mm. you like eat a 
cake. It's like, yeah. like, like shame guilt is, and shame it, is, it doesn't actually give you any progress. It does mm. not make you a better person. Um, it keeps you in your head and doesn't really make you, it doesn't bring your life anything really. Um, yeah. All you can do is make choices, small ones, big ones, and actively, you know, pursue the good. And that, and that can be so simple. It could really just be as simple as, you know, trying to get your friend a seat at the table. It could be as simple as speaking out against something that's wrong. It could be as simple as like making sure people know that around you, they can't bring like racial discrimination or racial prejudice into your space, making more spaces where it's not safe to be terrible. Mm. So. Yeah. I like that. (laughs) No, that's, that's a, that's a good point. The, I was trying to think, be play a little devil's advocate with the, with the guilt and shame. Um, Because I was trying to think, I'm like, what about like, something that I I do think there could be good places for guilt and shame. Um, whereas like if you, I don't know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of one <laughs> just because like, I'm like, if it's a feeling in my, like I, I think of feelings and I'm like, it's a feeling that we've all experienced. So I, I kind of have that perspective of if I'm feeling it, I'm feeling it for a reason. Mm-hmm. Now to dwell on it, I think there's no um, there's no benefit, there's no life bringingness to dwelling on a guilt or shame. But to feel it and then think about it, be like, okay, recognize like I felt guilt and shame doing this. Why is it because I have a bad mentality? Like kind of with like the eating a donut on a diet. Is it because I have a negative mentality and I just kind of need to accept like, Hey, it's okay to eat a donut every now and then. Or did I feel guilt and shame because that was wrong? Like I cheated on my, on my spouse. I had an affair. You should feel guilt and shame for that. Right. So and change. Yeah. Right. So, um, I think all feelings are valid, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that the feelings are based in something that is objectively substantial. Mm, but whatever okay. you feel is valid at any time, of course. you know, like if you ordered a blueberry bagel and they gave you a cinnamon raisin and you like have a breakdown, like that <laughs> feeling is so valid, <laughs> but it doesn't really but, mean that it's like, yeah. logical but, yeah. and no one has to get you, but yeah. whoever loves you should just like, you know, honor that feeling you have. Right. For sure. Um, where I stand on shame and guilt is that, okay, if you cheated on your spouse you knew that it was wrong before you did it. You knew on your way there. You knew while you were doing the yeah. things you were doing. Yeah. Right. So there, like, no one just like you know stumbles into yeah, penetration into cheat, yeah. with <laughs> a human they're not supposed to. You don't like <laughs> yeah. trip on like a like a curb and end up naked on top of someone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There was a ton of choices and steps you had to make to get there. That's true. Okay. So okay, so now it's over, you've had your release and you have like that post um, coital clarity mm-hmm. and now you feel shame and guilt. Yeah. Okay, like you want a cookie for feeling bad? <laughs> feeling bad yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so to me, I like that guilt and that shame to me means nothing because you mm-hmm. had these choices and you knew it was wrong. Um, so... 
okay, I guess it's good that you feel bad. But sometimes I think that people use shame and guilt to make themselves feel better. Like I did it, mm-hmm. but I feel bad. So I'm not, I'm not a sociopath. And it's like, okay, well, there's a lot of bad people <laughs> before you get to like the sociopath level. Yeah. Like you're still shitty. At least a sociopath yeah. has an excuse like biologically of like why he's not feeling anything, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know? Um, so yeah, I'm not, I don't want to like in completely invalidate shame, but I do think a lot of times you have to ask yourself all the things that happened before the shame and the guilt mm-hmm. and question all those steps that you took that you got you there. Yes. What, what does shame mean after like those 10, those 10 choices you make? And then sometimes, for example, when you were saying like some people feel guilty for being white, okay, well, like that's either just valid or not valid. Do you feel guilty because you've contributed to these, exactly, these systems? Yeah. Have, have there been times where like you made jokes and you laughed at things and you didn't defend black people that you, you stole content, you, you know, supported these institutions or mm-hmm. did you not? Or maybe, maybe you feel shame because you just, you just found out, maybe you lived in a bubble. Okay. So that's fair. Like you feel bad, but you don't have to really dwell on that because in one exactly. instant you could change that. You could just learn. You yeah. could ask more questions. You could find ways to be an advocate. Yeah. But I have like very, I have very like strong opinions on like shame and guilt clearly. So <laughs> I like it. I, I like it. It's um, the way you just broke that down. I mean, it's, that's a really beautiful way of thinking about it because like you said, if, if, truly you felt shameful about like, again, just staying on that cheating aspect or cheating example. If you truly felt shameful about it, the thought of cheating on your significant other should have been, been like, what the fuck am I doing? And then that's it. You're done. That was the first, the first step is the thought. And then literally like hit the gym, hit the weight room. Yeah. It's like, okay, I need to, yeah, I need to release something. Let's go. uh, Yeah. Let me just go something. (laughs) to release this or call up your significant other. (laughs) What a a thought. (laughs) What a thought if you need a sexual release. Um, But so, yeah, I I think like you said, that's a good, because it's not a one and done type thing. There was an entire 10, 20 things that led up to that. So, and that's probably, and that's just one example. There's probably countless examples that are the exact same. Typically, you don't just stumble into something that that drastic, right? It's, yeah. So oh, that's a that's a good perspective, and I think something. Um, I know I'm gonna dwell more on maybe later today. <laughs> <laughs> well, hit me with more thoughts if they come up later. Because oh, 100 percent. I'm sure definitely. there's. I'm sure there's an example of something where we could find that we could find like validity and like the shame and the guilt. But I, bet. I read. Can- I read a book when I was younger, like way young, and it talked about this concept of like shame and guilt being kind of brought over to indigenous and ethnic cultures from like white Christianity. Mm, And um, it stuck with me forever. And it talked about how in certain cultures, they didn't really have words for like guilt and shame. And I, I, ever since then, I've kind of like really, I've really like ruminated on kind of like what the validity of shame and guilt is and like in what, in what context does it matter? Mm. And is it authentic? And I do think there, there really is something I'm sure that is that it can be authentic, but most of the ones I find I'm like, man, save your shame. 
you know, <laughs> like, yeah, go make better choices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or just own your terribleness. That's another. Yeah, that's. I mean, there's. It's, <laughs> it's bad. Like when I see some TikToks sometimes <laughs> that are like, they're, I love TikTok. They're, I love I love TikTok too. But they are like someone blatantly just owning being a shitty human. And it's I powerful. think I think it's hilarious. And because like people are like, is he joking or is he serious? And then they there's like <laughs> you'll never know. But it's like it's hilarious because it's like they're just authentically or either they're just su- in, in such a deep satire that you're just not sure, or they're authentically being themselves. And it's like you suck, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I, there's a lot of power in just kind of like owning some of the terrible things you do. Yeah. And for people sure. do a lot of terrible things and uh, yeah. I'm not going to like give them like a cookie for it, but like I do, at least I know what I'm dealing with. If you do something terrible and you just are like, I did it. Do you want to kind of move on or not? Yeah. It's versus the me, versus like the manipulative of like man- manipulation of like, you know, like feigning res- regret or, Mm-hmm. apologeticness yeah yeah it's the 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 problem there gets like owning it and then still doing it oh it's yeah like that's that's when it gets like toxic it's like okay hold on like especially if it's in like a relationship or something like right. with, like someone that like you care about and then they're just like that's just me it's like no hold on <laughs> right but then the onus is on you to be like okay well i don't want you so. yeah and then it's either <laughs> you separate or if they care about you you guys oh, work God. it out and they change. So that's the, that's kind of the <laughs> beauty of that. But that's, uh, I guess I, I'm picturing just some, some TikToks right now that are just oh, so funny, so bad, so bad, but so <laughs> funny. And again, cause it's TikTok. It's like a platform where people make jokes all, all the time. time. And so it's like, I so just take it all too. So creative, such oh, a God. creative. Do you have a TikTok? I do. Okay. I'm not very good at TikTok, but I really Me neither. enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I'm terrible at TikTok. I, Me too. The things I post, I get, uh, I think, 40 views. <laughs> so terrible. Yeah, I think but, I have like, I think I have like four followers. I think I get like, <laughs> I hit like 100 views one time and I was like, oh my God, I'm a celebrity. Like I was there like. <laughs> there was one, I had one that hit like 2,000 views because it was. It was a um, sticky rice puer tuocha, so it was like a little. Oh. Yeah, it was a it was a fancy tea. And oh, I'm gonna follow you. I can kind of follow the tea the tea talk people. Yeah, have you seen that the, the hashtag yep. tea talk? Oh yeah, I, I put it on on all my videos. It doesn't matter. Hashtags don't matter on TikTok. <laughs> I've, I've, I've come to determine that. But yeah, like that was my claim to fame was a two thousand views on on one and a lot of comments and. But then you see like someone who posts some dumb video and gets 19 million, million views. Yep. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, TikTok's wild. My brother actually is like semi-famous on really? TikTok. He's got like 600, th- no, I might've just made that up. Um, 250,000 followers. You have a, and- a internet celebrity in the family. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he does his, it blew up because he's, so he's 32 and he does things I wish I knew before 30. Like that's a series that he does. Oh, that's so smart. And it's it, are really the way to go. I'm realizing with social media, people are mm-hmm. like, 
people need consistency and something to, yeah. to like that they can anticipate. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's, uh, it worked for him. It just like one, one video kind of, kind of popped off and it's, I mean, after putting out just a bunch of content and then it, it worked. And the funny thing is there's a guy just popped up on my for you page and he, he's like, it was like his second episode or third episode of things I wish I knew before 30. And I sent it to my brother. I'm like, you got competition. He's like, dude, people keep sending him to me. <laughs> He's like, do you think I should go to battle? I'm like, 100%. Absolutely. And I, and I found out like the guy's not even 30. He's 29. I'm like, you, what? <laughs> I was like, you can't even like things you wish you knew before 30. Yeah, you're still. Like you have time. You can learn everything. <laughs> He's, I think he was like turns 30. He like in his first video, he like turns 30 in like a month. And so he started doing it, but I'm like, Nuh-uh, you should have waited a month. Literally. You're, you're invalid now. TikTok is so interesting, though, because people will, like, it's a really safe place to plagiarize, I've realized. Oh, like, 100%. People just, like, take your content, and then, not mine, because I'm really not that good at TikTok, but <laughs> they take other people's content, and then they just redo it, and they get so famous. They won't even change the audio. Like, oh, it's, yeah. so, it's so interesting to me. I'll be. I tried it. I tried it for the first time two days ago because I was like, mm-hmm. I, I literally it was a tea thing. It it was a comedy. It was like, you want to know what my favorite tea is? And then it like, oh, I, I know what you're talking it was, about. <laughs> it's you, short shorty. <laughs> and and so I was like, I was like, and it was like an old like Asian lady. I saved and that audio. Super, I, I'm gonna make the same exact one. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it was like super adorable, and I was like you know what, like, fuck, I'm going to try it. Like, cause maybe that is like what you just need to do is you. And I think I got like 10 views. My <laughs> girlfriend commented on it. She's like stunning or swooning. <laughs> I was like, fuck off. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> like, her and my brother are the only people who like it. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I was like, it's, I, don't, I just don't get it. <laughs> I'm also not consistent on TikTok. So I think, consistency is a big thing just yeah, like post like five videos a day yeah close my mind because some of those videos they take like five hours to make my brother's editing process is long as shit and his videos are not like high quality i think it's the content that people like because he's talking about good stuff mm-hmm. it's not like it's but it's him holding a phone up to his face and talking and like going for a walk and then he just edits it for like an hour two hours but it's a yeah, it's like war, it's work. <laughs> it's, it's really long. I um the TikToks or reels I make, it blows my mind how much time I spend making a 30 second reel. It right? actually like, infuriates me. And then, <laughs> like I get so mad. <laughs> and then the worst part is I finally finish editing and like getting it the way I want, and I have to choose a song and I get like so indecisive and I spend another hour ch- listening to like a thousand 30 second clips of songs. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's so intense. And then like, I feel like the, the Gen Z kids, they just, I don't know if they do it fast or they just have like the brain capacity for it, but they make it look very easy. I th- <laughs> think both of what you just said. I think, I think the, there's a mindset shift because if you think about it, when we were growing up, I think like the 
I, we didn't have, I didn't have a cell phone until high school. Like I didn't have like an electronic device until right. high school. And so for me, I don't think my brain, like if these kids are having it from very young, yeah, like five, they, just, six. They're, they have new, they have neurons that are just super developed for how to edit, how to just interact with right. these devices that we don't have and, or that like maybe we have now, like if you're, if you practice it, but like growing up, I mean, like it goes back to the thing of like, when back in my day, I was out playing <laughs> in the woods. Like, but I really friends. was out playing in the woods. But I was, I, I was like, that's, that's what I did. I was playing imagination, like with, the, with my buddies out in the woods Dude, and talking to trees and <laughs> yeah. rolling down hills. And I'm allergic to grass. I'm like an allergy kid, you know, but I was still doing it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, again, it was like, what else? I got into computer games in fifth grade, like deep into, uh, this is exposing me into World of Warcraft. I don't know. If you- <laughs> that was my, that was my thing. Me and my buddy got super into that for like in fifth grade. We did it for a year and then we like looked at each other. We're like, we had like enlightenment. We're like, we got to get out of here. Like this is... <laughs> Like we could see ourselves, like I don't know if you watch South Park, we could see ourselves becoming like the South Park World of Warcraft kids. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. So that was my little little so spurt <laughs> of of like being a video gamer. But it's uh yeah. yeah, I I definitely yeah like I had a phone pretty young, but it wasn't like the phones of my early years were not like the iPhone with where I could like I had a brick of a Nokia and Blackberries or the uh, Razor. The- yeah, no, even before that, I had like oh, even, oh, okay. I had a Nokia. It was like literally a brick, and the you could charge it once a week, and oh, it would yeah. stay charged because it didn't have mm-hmm. internet. It was just a phone, and I yep. and I had it because um you know I had a helicopter mom, so she just was like, if you're not with me, you have to have a phone so you can reach me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't really, but I didn't have a phone that had internet until high school. And even then there really wasn't much to do on a phone with internet. There wasn't no. social media. Yeah. Um, I was a little bit of a nerd. So I did like to like dictionary.com words when I didn't know <laughs> what they meant. <laughs> um, but that's really all, you know? Yes. Yeah. I had picture messaging, but most of my friends didn't. Mm-hmm. And when men would ask me, or boys, I guess back then would ask me for pictures, I would lie and say, "Oh, sorry, like I don't have MMS." And I totally did. I just didn't want to send pe- people pictures. Yeah. Um, you were but, smart. Yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but the kids today, it's like, oh my god, I'm so old saying the kids today, but it, it's really impressive it, because you know yeah. I have nieces and, and little cousins who are eight and nine and have iPads and. Yeah. They know how to do stuff so fast. They can do stuff on their iPads faster than I can. Uh, yeah, then I don't even know exists. Like it's like, oh, yeah, okay. you're showing me new features of this powerful device that I like. Yeah. I use. I still use it. I mean, now it's like, yeah, I use it for social media as a phone <laughs> and like to Google things. But yeah. like, there's so I much that like do. Instagram and Twitter machine. Honestly, it's <laughs> <laughs> basically what it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I might text back, but like, I don't even want to text or use this phone as a phone, really. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I just found my original phone, and I want to find the charger. 
for it because I want to just charge it and see like what's on it. Was it like a T9 cal- no, T9 keyboard? Do you remember those? No, I do, but this one, this was a fancy flip phone. So oh. it was actually, yeah. So it's actually a touch screen. So it's it, it's a touch screen fancy. flip phone. Oh yeah, this was fancy. <laughs> um, so was it, it still sidekick? was. What was it? Sidekick. No. no. What was it? I don't know. It's upstairs, but <laughs> I got. <laughs> I wish I would have. Wish I would have brought it. Came prepared. Um, but yeah, it's a so it has like a clear flip case, and I remember there was a feature that you could actually so if, when you close the phone, you could actually still see the um, touch screen, and you could and you could touch it and do something. Now the touching I remember was super shitty. Like you would touch a one. And it would <laughs> click, click like the five, or and it would be like what? So you would have to like, and texting on it was a nightmare because it was like still you had to text like the hit, like each letter or each number like three times if you wanted the letter C. You had to oh, hit one yeah. three times, time. and then and then <laughs> if you did that and you messed up, then you had to erase. Oh, dude, that was that's why texting was never, never a thing for me. It was I was a call guy. I'm always tickled when I see people use like shorthand when writing today because, yeah. you know, like all the shorthand that we have for text was because we had the T9 so keyboard that, where it was yeah. like, I had to hit a button four times to get to a letter. Yep. But today, like every letter has its own button. So you don't really need no. shorthand. Like, no. I, n- <laughs> I never do shorthand anymore. It's like, yeah. Again, like what's the, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I do it kind of um, like satirically. Yes. Yeah, no. I'll do that sometimes. <laughs> I, uh, even though there's emojis, I still send the, the semicolon with the, or the colon with the oh, parentheses, open parentheses or the close parentheses, <laughs> like if a, or a smiley face and a frowny face. <laughs> no, I love the that's emojis. Yeah, but I really only but use, I use like the same four emojis for everything I realized. Like I don't even, yeah. like sometimes I'm scrolling the emoji keyboard and I'm like, yo, when did we get like a, a bowl of soup or like, when did uh, we get pickle? Yeah. Those are like when I, yeah, like you said, like when you see like there's an update and like you scroll and you're like, oh my God, there's so many different emojis now. I like just a casually like add one that makes no, con- no. no context. <laughs> no context. It's just like you throw it in there and now someone's like looking at it and they're like, what is, is this an otter? Is this a, like, where does that come from? It's like, oh, it was a cute emoji. I don't know. We're talking about something serious, Vince, like a work call <laughs> and an otter. <laughs> I love it. It's yes. just, it's so interesting just to like kind of reflect on how much technology we've witnessed. And I remember yeah. when the phone started getting better, like it was so it was so cool that I remember all the different versions of new phones. Like I remember the sidekicks and the razors and mm-hmm. that really skinny one that was like was kind of like a razor. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Um and now I couldn't tell you what any phone is besides like an iPhone, maybe a Galaxy. I probably wouldn't even know that. Like, if I an iPhone, and I honestly don't even know what iPhone I have. Like, at this, it, they're all the same to me. Like an iPhone one, well, not probably an iPhone one, <laughs> but like a iPhone. I think this is probably uh, what. What number are we on? Like, what number is iPhone even on? Uh, I don't know. I don't have the most well, updates. I think there's I, three cameras now, and I only have two. Three. Not three, but like I three. Have one. 
three lenses. I have, I have one little dude here. <laughs> and then the I have light. two. I think I have a ten. Okay. I don't. I don't think this is double digits. I think this one's uh, either like an eight or a seven. Yeah, that's how you know we're old because we're not like running for the new phones. I've I've never been that way. Like with with new things, like never really was that way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I never got like into like new technology and like needing to have the new thing. Like yeah. That. I'd rather spend my money on tea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the way my tea, I've always had so much tea in my house, but like since I started my tea series, the amount of tea is, it's actually obscene. I, I have a tea cabinet and it's huge and it's mm-hmm. overflowing. So I've had to like nice. put my tea in my, and I have another cabinet that's, that's like for rice and noodles. And I've had to like start sharing my tea cabinet with my rice and noodle cabinet because I just have so much now. Yes. I, I buy more than I can drink. Honestly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, for me, I go like every day I want something new. Yeah. Like, I, I, I kind of like just like listen to my body. I'm like, okay, well, what do I want today? Like, what do I need today? Mm-hmm. And then I do that. And then, and it's fun. Like now I have a roommate that he likes to drink the tea. And like, I mean, I, like I said, I have so many, I'm not going to, if it took, if I were to drink all this, it would take me years to finish. So it's like, sure, dude, have as much tea as you want. Like, uh, I don't care. And like when I have people over, then it's just fun. Cause I'm like, well, what do you want? And I pretty, I'll, I can make something that's right. going to suit what you are desiring like right now. Yeah. And, I yeah. never, I always show up now to my friends with tea. Like, <laughs> like I come over, I'm like, Oh, try this new tea. Like, it was my um, best friend's birthday a few months ago. And I brought her like part of her gift. I gave her just like a giant thing of all this different tea I like and new mm. ones I tried. That's awesome. And then we did something like two weeks later and I was like, oh, I have some more tea for you to try. And she's like, I still have like the <laughs> party you gave me like two weeks ago. And I'm like, well, what do you expect Not me to really. do? <laughs> I have more. <laughs> I have more. <laughs> Thanks for that random comment. But now here's more. <laughs> right, do you need a tea jar? Like, what do you need? <laughs> I uh, love it. So, okay, let's get back on to, oh. <laughs> on to the tea stuff. Okay. Um, <laughs> I guess actually I have, I have a few questions, but the, uh, let's see, which one do I want to do first? The, let's go with the, what you, what you do for work. Cause I'm kind of interested and a little confused at what a global health <laughs> lawyer is. Um, yeah. What? Yeah. So take us through that. Okay, so I actually, um, so I don't, I guess I don't trying to think where to start. So right now I'm pursuing my LLM, which is a master's in law um, in global health and governance. Um, Most people don't really know what an LLM is, but it's, it's, you have to get a JD first. You have to get a law degree first, and then you can get a master's in law. And essentially you don't really need it to practice law, but it's a cool way to specialize if you have like a niche interest. Um, global health law, loaded question. It is. (laughs) Okay. So I'm trying to think of like the, the way to explain this without rambling too much because I'm a little prone to the ramble. ramble Yeah. Why not? (laughs) I'll stop you if I have a question. Okay. Perfect. Um, okay. So global health law is a really broad umbrella. Um, and I'll just say a few things that it like entails. So like food law, the laws that uh, say, you know, how your food is labeled The when you look at the nutrition package and it says like how much sugar, yeah. um, that's dictated by like food law. 
Um, uh, Food law can also be like, you know, food policy. Um, What countries are allowed to sell us avocados and like on what terms? Yeah. Um, Global health law also can also includes pharmaceuticals. All the stuff you're seeing with the vaccines a lot of global health lawyers like working their ass off um mm. <laughs> in in all that kind of stuff yeah um yeah actually so on the on the I, vaccine stuff mm-hmm. that's because i know like a lot of the concern with vaccines when people are like i don't know i don't want to take it because i don't know about it and a lot of it's because it's like not fda approved so is that kind of like what you're talking about where like the fda are these global health lawyers type people? Some of them. So like the FDA is full of like food lawyers. um, Okay. And with a, with a lot of the types of law, you don't actually have to specialize. Like you don't have to, like you can just go to law school and end up working for the FDA. You don't have to be like a food lawyer. Um, But that is like the FDA is also full of food lawyers and uh, ag lawyers who focus on agriculture, agriculture, um, USDA. Um, sorry, I got confused. What was the question? <laughs> I don't know. I was just kind of curious like about the, uh, the FDA and like how it, maybe the process of the vaccine, like mm-hmm. maybe the whole, like why, kind of why people are stressed out. I guess I don't really know what my question was. It was about, I think, just like how maybe the processing of how the FDA approves of okay that. And then also, I don't know if you know that. Yeah. Yeah. Or, so, or we can just completely ignore that and just continue on with the conversation. So I can give, I can give a little information. Um, it, it's different depending on like what the medication is, what the vaccine is. Um, vaccines generally have a very rigu- rigorous and long like scientific and testing like trial and errors and 30 sure. plus years for some of them. Um, we're in a situation where it's like an emergency. You know, we haven't had a pandemic since, was it 1912? I think, wasn't it 1920? I thought it was like 100 years. The Spanish flu. You're right, because the Titanic was 1912. So this it was, yeah. And then the Spanish flu came after the Titanic. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So um, we're in like an emergency, an emergency situation. So we don't really have the time to do the normal vaccination scheduling of like trials and science and, and the rigorous human testing and all that kind of stuff. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, the vaccines aren't being created in a vacuum, right? Because yeah. COVID-19 <clears throat> is a coronavirus, um, which is not a new kind of virus. We have all seen these before. People don't didn't never called it that, but you know, the common yeah. cold, the flu, SARS, yep. MERS, um, <clears throat> or where's MRSA? MRSA? One of them. MRSA, I believe, is MRSA. Right. Um, so those are all coronaviruses and they've all been things that scientists have been working on and trying to understand for years. Yeah. Um, I think because we live in a society where we kind of just kind of let stuff happen and we just kind of say, okay, we haven't really, people haven't been taught about kind of like how vaccines work, even though that's a really big part of our life. Yeah. Um, we don't really know how diseases so far have not spread so far. We don't, no one really talks about yeah, it. This true. one, we've been in a situation where everything just happened so fast and people are really incredulous and confused. 
But what's happening is like not in a vacuum. There mm. are I mean, there are immunologists and virologists, and we wouldn't have those professions if it wasn't a lucrative field that kept them really busy. Yeah. And um, I don't know if that answers the question, but well, here's a here's something that I don't know if you've heard much about this, but um, in regards to kind of like the immunologists and vi- vi- virologists, <laughs> is that how you think? Um, virologist I think and so this is and this has been a question since the beginning of COVID Mm -hmm. and supposedly there's more and more evidence that's coming out that the virus the COVID-19 virus that was released or that was now obviously we all know about was actually originated in the Wuhan lab and there's more and more evidence that it is lab-based that accidentally Mm-hmm. became a thing thoughts on that or do you know um. yeah. <laughs> maybe I, I was like i don't know i don't really know much but the supposedly there's more and more evidence that they're like this was a lab thing and then there might have been some human error or i i don't know the how it transferred from lab to things i don't think it was on purpose at all but i think right. it was yeah so curious your thoughts okay so I don't, okay, let me think about how I went. Okay, so this is what I do now. I did recently read an article, um, I believe it was on the WHO, that was talking about new um, new evidence that said the virus did not start in the wet market as they originally stated. Yeah. Um, the, they found this out because one of the patient zero people did not ever go to the market. And... Okay. They're, they were like, well, how did this person get, like, not only did they not go to the market, they never interacted with anyone. With anybody. Yeah. And they were in Wuhan. So that kind of led me on a little like rabbit hole trail, which, um, but essentially conclusively they were saying it's not from the market as we thought, which kind of just dismisses all of the original, you know, um, like it wasn't hypotheticals at that time they were saying it was fact but originally they were saying you know something about either bat or bat poop or bird poop and the wet market and the so you're saying we can go back to eating bats right um yes just make sure they're well done okay um and no i'm just kidding (laughs) it's been it's been a i've been really terrible this year my diet's been completely off since i've been cut bats out of my diet i'm so happy to give you your bats back thank you so much it's just the joy of my week so (laughs) (laughs) sorry keep going (laughs) (laughs) but that's yeah so i don't know about the lab thing i haven't read that yet but i do know for a fact that it's not from the wet market and if it's not from the wet market well, and the thing is, like you said, coronavirus is not a new thing. We know that in that lab, the Wuhan lab, that is a worldwide lab mm-hmm. that people are studying these viruses. They're studying the coronavirus specifically. Right. So it's like, I mean, th- that to me is like good evidence to at least like be like that might be the number one option because wh- how else like what right. like, like what else would this be i don't i don't know I- it is really interesting and i think it's hard because you know i don't want to i try not to come out on like the i try not to get like conspiracy theorists yeah um 
if that's a word, conspiracy. (laughs) It is now. It is now. (laughs) Own it. You shouldn't have said anything. Just kept pushing forward. (laughs) My brain was like, hold on. (laughs) I'll edit this. Don't worry. (laughs) No, I stand in it. It's fine. It's fine. Good. Okay. Um, But at the same time, there's a lot of questions, right? Um, I, I also know that traditionally certain countries have been a little less open about kind of telling full truths, our country included, you know, governments like to kind of cover their ass and protect their reputation. Um, But with this specifically, I would just, I really would like to know, like, did it come from a lab? Was it a human error? Like people make mistakes. I mean, it's like the the ultimate, you know, pandemic sci-fi movie comes to life. (laughs) Like, I mean, to be that I wonder if there's like a guy like right now, he's like, like talk about shame and guilt. Like I fucked up. Right. <laughs> I, I fucked up. <laughs> like, yo guys, I'm sorry. And they're like, dude, don't say anything. And he's like, see, I, I knew, fucked up though. He's yeah, like, I knew you would find the perfect shame and guilt. That <laughs> there it is. And there it is. <laughs> full circle. We can end the podcast now. <laughs> we did it. The full, It's that guy, the guy who accidentally recently, he's like, and they're like telling him you can't say anything. He until he says something, then he'll release the shame and guilt. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just I can't wait to see what movies come out of this. Like right. what thing inspires. Oh yeah. Oh, I was gonna say something, but I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we needed the full circle moment. We did. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh. I'm talk- yeah, talking about just like the the lab guys and or just like being in the lab. Yeah. Working on um, working on the coronavirus. Yeah, reports about the guy. I wish I remember his name, but it's like a traditional Chinese name, and I just didn't. My brain didn't yeah. it properly. But he was one of the early scientists who who tried to warn the Chinese government, and um, he got in trouble, and then he died from coronavirus, like in I, maybe January or so. Like January of twenty twenty. Yes. Hmm. I, I don't know this. I don't, I don't know. Um, and it was like kind of before it hit the fan, but he was like, guys, this is going to hit the fan kind of situation. Huh. And he kind of got silenced by the Chinese government. And, and then um, he, did he die from COVID or? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, I was going to say, like, <laughs> or, I mean, the real way of silencing someone is. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, <laughs> Which that that might be that might spark what you were talking about. You're talking about how like governments aren't always the most open about like what they share with people. I don't know. Yeah, and so I think it's hard because on the one hand, I do know that you know panic is like a really dangerous thing for society in general. Um, it's hard because like I'm very pro information, but I also see every day how people weaponize information and turn it to misinformation like for their own agendas i mean i see that all the time with like the vaccine stuff yeah um you see mass media kind of doing like you know presenting like black americans as like anti-vaxxers when like the biggest group of anti-vaxxers is like white conservative men Mm -hmm. um and then you see people online who are sharing memes and saying like you know the vaccine is a microchip or the vaccine (laughs) 
you know, which where did that one? I don't know yeah. where that came from. Because like I, we have iPhones, like you're you're tweeting about a micro trip from a phone that tracks you. <laughs> I think about lip gloss, it shows up on my Instagram. Right. <laughs> it's a. Uh, I micro chipped myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My favorite. Um, symptom or side effect of the COVID vaccine that I was hearing originally was um, that one in, and I, and this was serious, one in 50 men were losing a nut, a testicle. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, you think that if they were doing one in 50 men were losing a testicle, like this wouldn't, this would just be, I'm like, no, like who the guys, they make, they make Viagra, like, overnight two-day delivery for free for men there's like oh, yeah. this society no. is all about protecting your you your yeah. package there's no <laughs> they would let a vaccine hurt your balls exactly no What's like that's just covid one of the code code of covid side effects has been um affecting men's penises and balls and it's been like yes collecting in their balls i've read oh geez what does that even mean <laughs> was a really bad way of explaining it. Yeah, I was like, that sounds, I had COVID. So are you telling me like I have COVID collecting in my balls? <laughs> they have found that some people who had COVID and then they recovered, they like tested. I don't know how they ended up testing their balls. I don't know. But they found COVID still in their body, in their In their testicles? testicles. Yeah. So is that like antibodies or <laughs> what are you? No, I don't know. And the article didn't really say it. They just kind of left me with that tidbit. <laughs> they, they, that was it. <laughs> it's, there's COVID in men's nuts. <laughs> That's the headline. There's COVID <laughs> in men's testicles. <laughs> I was just waiting for an opportunity to be able to say that COVID's in your balls. <laughs> Thank you so much for this. <laughs> That's terrible. I, how do I get this tested? Because <laughs> I had COVID. <laughs> I want. I want to know now. I don't know. I have no more information. <laughs> you leave me hanging like that. That's terrible. So for all you guys out there, this is you're, you're listening to this. Sorry, that's it. All guys. Now you know your sperm are filled with COVID. You have COVID sperm. You know, I'm gonna. I'll really. I really will find the article and I'll give it to you. Please do. Because you know they like do updates and stuff. I'll yes. I'll yeah. send that to you. Yeah, I'll have to put that in. I was gonna say I'll put it in the show notes for for the men to (laughs) to stay up to date. There is there are hilarious studies about how um, when you tell men that something will affect their penis, all of a sudden like they're way more interested and involved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of like um, going back to global health law. um, A lot of a lot of the what we focus on is like the way like communicating global health law in a way that makes people understand and invested. And um, <laughs> hilariously for men, it's like, okay, well, this will cause a heart attack. Not a really big deal. Um, yeah. This will cause you like to not be able to get an erection. Suddenly, you know, guys <laughs> hit the gym eating their broccoli, you know, mm-hmm. one less drink. But yeah, that's definitely the way to get men to pay attention. That's I yeah I mean for sure there's like nothing more emasculating than hearing you can't get an erection so right it's, I mean, uh, yeah, whatever like you don't need your heart but God forbid God you forbid you can't perform when you're cheating uh, on your spouse when you're cheating oh, jeez. <laughs> 
Oh man, what happened to this conversation? I love it. (laughs) (laughs) This is um, this is probably the most hilarious conversation I've had in a long time. (laughs) And this is good. This is people need to know the truth that of COVID and men's perceptions on their on their genitalia. I mean, it makes sense though to me. Like the yeah, you gotta you gotta speak the language if you wanna if you want something to get done. You gotta speak the language. So yeah, and you have to like you knowing your audience is like Mm -hmm. so important. And the thing is, everything has like a thousand side effects and a thousand benefits. I notice that a lot. Like on my on my help like my Instagram where I'm trying to like explain like what something does, and it's like. I could do like seven posts about one herb and give you seven different things that it will like help. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like always try to like focus on like, what do people like care about? You know, people care about like, you know, their sex life, their like anxiety or like stress, um, beauty. I mean, if you tell me something will make my hair grow, I will like take it so fast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you have, yeah, it's like you have such like thick, hair and like such yeah it's like Thanks. what what do you i mean okay let's let's all oh, let's know the secret let's, let's know the secret what, what's the what's the hair routine my hair routine um okay so i take omegas um omegas are really really great for your hair and skin yeah. um i am a little different in that i don't do too much to my hair i don't use a lot of product um nice. I don't use too much. I do, I do straighten my hair, but I don't do it too much. I do it like once every two weeks and I leave it alone in between. Yeah. Um, I work out, I cardio and like getting your blood moving your, once your blood starts moving, it's moving oxygen around your body. It makes, it stimulates your scalp and your skin. Yeah. Every time your skin makes your hair grow too, because like it's your scalp is your skin also. Right. Yeah. Um, what else do I do? Oh, I stimulate my scalp. That's a big one, especially for women of color. Mm. Um, women with straighter hair, their scalp can get more stimulation because you guys are brushing to your scalp more often. Um, and I guess I, I should say when men, men and women, cause you have long hair too. Um, yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm taking notes. Right now. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to listen to this because I'm uh yeah, I get the question too a lot, which I'm like, Oh, thank you. Yeah, Um, but with like, so with women of color, especially like black girls, we do a lot of protective styles. We have like braids and our hair is really curly. So like sometimes we're not putting like the brush or the comb directly to our scalp as much. We're not getting that scalp stim- stimulation. Mm-hmm. When you when something touches your scalp and like kind of drags along, it kind mm-hmm. of moves the blood and gets the oxygen and blood to your scalp. I, your body I feel that, yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. It's why like if you, when you go to like a hair salon, they wash your hair, it feels so good. Mm-hmm. Or just to brush your hair, it it like oh, your it ears so get red, like the, you feel the blood come up, right? Yeah, that stimulates growth because nice. it's oxygen. Yeah. yeah, makes sense. So um, I try to find ways to stimulate my scalp more. Um, it can be just like a head massage if like my hair is in a way that I can't comb it. Like right now, it's like one of those. Not, like it's not easy to get a brush through it right now, but yeah, I would definitely give myself like a head massage. Or if you have a partner, make them do it. It feels way better when someone else does it. Oh, for sure. And or like even one of those, I can't think what's that called? Like the, the that looking. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. for people not who people can't see because it's an audio only podcast. <laughs> I'm doing a, a thing on my head where it's like, yeah, the spider 
It looks like a spider and it has a handle and you put it on the top of your head and push down and these little like sticky balls. That mm-hmm. That's yeah. That's like a metal armed spider yeah. that like expands when you push it down on your scalp and scratches your head and it feels amazing. I think everyone knows. Everyone, yeah. Everyone yeah. If you don't know, no, go, go figure it out. Cause it's, amazing. it's life changing. Metal spider scalp. Metal spider scalp. You'll get it, yeah. Or, <laughs> or if you don't, send me whatever you get because I'm curious <laughs> now. I'm invested. Yeah, um, I'm thinking what else do I do? Um, How often do you wash your hair? I wash my hair um, like t- every 10 to 14 days. Wow, if I yeah. work out more. Yep. Um, but I also really listen to my scalp. So... Um, I don't like, like if my scalp, scalp gets itchy, I wash, um, if it starts feeling like anything besides fresh, I just wash it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, about 10 to 14 days for me. Yeah. That's... And I don't use anything with sulfates. Yeah. Those suck. Yeah. For the environment too. Yeah. And I'm not, people always ask me like oh, what my shampoo and conditioner I use. And I'm really not picky. I just go to like the organic store and like find something. Yeah that doesn't have sulfates and if my hair feels really dry after i use it the first time i won't use it again yeah and if it doesn't feel dry i buy it again <laughs> that's yeah that's pretty simple i i got into um seek help type oh. shampoo and conditioner that was i was using that for a long time and it was nice. It left my hair feeling really really nice after after doing that. And I'm on I'm the same thing where I'll do uh, twice a week at the most is, mm-hmm. my, is how often I wash my hair. And that's on weeks where I'm working out like hard every single day and my hair is just getting real greasy. And I'm like, okay, yeah. yeah. I need to, like you said, kind of just like listen to the hair and like listen to like, yeah, it needs, it needs some washing. But once a week is pretty much that routine. And people are like, it's, it's crazy because now I've been doing that ever since I grew up my hair in college. Like I pretty much once a week was my thing and at first everyone's like that's disgusting but <laughs> i'm like my hair like your hair gets used to it and it doesn't get that greasy it just kind of right. remains healthy and yes eventually it does get to a point where it's like mm, okay like i'm starting to get there but i like this too because there's like a nice luster to it yeah. as well. it's like, and it starts to get curly and like there's like a there's like a few days where it just looks its best it's yeah. like a couple days after showering or after washing it and just a few days before it's about to get like too greasy. My hair always looks the best when it's like, when I'm like, Oh, I should wash my hair. I'm like, Oh, maybe two more days. Cause it's just, it always looks way better. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then if you got to time it with like, if you're going to go see friends or I'm going to go hang out with my girlfriend, it's like, all right, I got to time it. Look, yeah. You got a date coming up. <laughs> you got to be like, okay, what's going to look the best. <laughs> I get it. I, I fo- started following these, uh, like, like hair guru people. Okay. Um, and Shout them out, Eddie. What's uh? Oh, I don't. Okay, I don't oh, know. that's fine. I, you, <laughs> I can, uh, I can. If you want, uh, text just, me. I'm gonna like the, make a list of everything to like send you for people who want it. Um, yeah. So far, COVID and balls and hair gurus. Hair, hair gurus, yes, yeah. and they specialize in um like thick curly hair, not just black hair, but definitely like people who have curlier, uh, yeah. quote unquote, less easy to manage hair. And they were saying that you should wash your hair twice in the, like when you wash your hair. 
especially for people who don't wash their hair every day, when you do wash it, wash twice and then condition. And I tried, I've tried that the last two times. Okay. And I actually love it. Yeah. Um, I second, the first, yeah, the first one I focus on my scalp and the second one I focus more on my hair. Okay. And I have definitely noticed like my scalp feels more fresh and mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense because, you know, if I'm not washing my hair for like a week, week and a half, it probably does need like a good, wa- like a, a real like double wash. Yeah. So I would probably, I would suggest that too. I'm only two weeks or two washes doing that, but I really okay. like it. I like that. Yeah. I, I kind of did that. Actually, I started doing it with that sea kelp um, mm-hmm. because the first one I would use a lot of salt and it just wouldn't, it just wouldn't feel clean. Like almost like after the first time I, I would rinse and I'd be like, okay, I'll try it again. And then when I try it again, it feels great afterwards. So I was like, is it okay, just like, or is it like a sea kelp no, product? I don't remember now. It's been a while since I've, I, I, got rid of it. I didn't get rid of it. I just, um, I was done using it. And then I, my mom bought me some stuff. And so I've been using that and, uh, yeah, I don't know, but I'll I'll have to see, maybe I'm sure I could find it and I can send you whatever it was. It was, I honestly, I got inspired because I went to Ireland and in Ireland there was this, um, (laughs) this was back in 2019, um, before everything. And I, they, I went to a, uh, there's a, um, oh my gosh, what's it called? Like a massage place, a spa. And I was like, I can't think of the word, a spa. Um, there's a spa there. It's in the town called Strand Hill. Um, it's called Voya, V-O-Y-A. And I there was like, I met like a couple and they lived in Dublin and in Strand Hills on the opposite side on the Atlantic Ocean of, uh, of Ireland. Sorry. And Sorry, what was that? Are you Irish? No. Oh, okay. No, I look like I am, but I'm not. I look like a leprechaun, but <laughs> got like a red beard and blonde hair. I don't know, but no, I'm Italian actually. I think. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> um, and yeah, I was just at this uh, pub, and this couple I met. I just was talking with them, and the the wife, she was like, "You have to go get go to this." spa and you have to get the seaweed bath she's oh, like it's wow. gonna change your life and i was like okay she's like we, we drove to dublin or from dublin to here for the weekend just solely to just to do that i'm like i'm gonna go to ireland just for the spa so you i you have like your own like room you like walk in you take a ste- you take a a steam bath or just like a you sit in like a steam room mm-hmm. open up your pores you shower off and then you get into this the seaweed. It's literally a bathtub just filled with kelp, just with like fresh kelp that they take from the Atlantic Ocean. So, and you're on the Atlantic Ocean, yeah. And so they you get into it, and it's super super slimy and kind of gross feeling. But I and but it's warm too. And they're playing like really nice peaceful music with ocean waves. And I passed out. Like I was in the I was in. Oh yeah, passed out in the tub. Just, they're like, you have an hour, so like, be out at like, let's just say like three p.m. Like I got there at two. Let's say be out at three. So I like, I just passed. Out. It was so amazing. I like literally grabbed. I like, wrapped the seaweed around my face. I like <laughs> covered my whole body. Passed out. Woke up. It was like three fifteen. I'm like, I gotta go. Like no one came to get me. I was like, what? 
like, I gotta go. So I like quickly get off. I like shower off and like go out there. Like they, I probably could have stayed there for another hour or two. Like they had no idea. Like no one even like realized I'd left. And they're, I was like, bye. They're like, bye. (laughs) But like, it, it felt incredible. And then I saw the couple um later that evening it's a very small town so you kind of just get to know people really quick and i saw them and the the wife she came up to me she's like you got it didn't you and i'm like (laughs) yeah she's like you look radiant she's like you're a new man and i was like i feel pretty amazing because i need to pay her for publicity because (laughs) yeah she man i did i did that then i went back to my um my hostel that I was staying at, I slept for two hours wow. and then I got up and had like beef stew. It was, it was a, one of the highlights of the trip. It was just <laughs> that afternoon. That sounds was, amazing. I need to was. look up some sea kelp and see like what the, what the health benefits are. I, I don't know, but it made my skin. It like, I think there, it, I think it detoxifies. Cause let mm-hmm. me tell you too, the bathtub pre me getting in and post was it afterwards it was disgusting it looked really weird it looked like literally it just and granted before then i had been drinking a lot because ireland does hold up to its stereotype (laughs) of drinking a lot and i was like i kind of just was like yeah well fuck it i'm here let's do it right um and i but it i just felt like like she said like i was like a new man afterwards it felt incredible so I'm I love spas. I'm like obsessed with them and I'm going to put like a sea kelp bath like pretty high on my list now. Do it. And I mean, I would say go to the ocean. I wouldn't trust one in like Minneapolis or like the Midwest. <laughs> I'm not going to be I want fresh sea kelp in my packaged seaweed and throw it in the bath. Yeah. I was like the, the stuff that I like I eat sometimes just like sprinkle right. <laughs> that into a bath. Oh my god. Uh, but yeah. So that's what inspired my, I came back and I was like, oh, I need new shampoo. I was just like looking and I was like, hmm, sea kelp. Why not? Like I was, I just got it. It was, and it was nice. So say, check it out. I can, I'll let you know what that brand is. Yeah. That's really cool. I have to like look up all this sea kelp stuff. I should have been like taking notes. No, that's the beauty of this is you can go back and (laughs) record this. (laughs) Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> yeah, I we, yeah, I thought we were just like hanging out. Yeah, like wait, you're telling me you you recorded this? <laughs> oh yeah, did I not tell you? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's been a conversation. Yeah, <laughs> you are on a podcast, Johnny. <laughs> did you know that? I did not know. <laughs> Realization, all of a sudden. Oh no. Okay, they didn't seem too crazy. Just a couple conspiracy theories and. Talked about testicles, you know. We have talked about testicles a lot. That's, but I, this is the important stuff. This is, it really is. It really is. is. <laughs> I like what I love about this is this is a, everyone's like, oh, you have a tea podcast. And I'm like, well, <laughs> oh I'm like, there are some episodes that are like strictly dedicated to tea. I go, I dive super in detail about like the different types of tea, where they come from, all that jazz. But then there's podcasts like this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of cracking up internally because I know my friends, when they listen to this, they're going to expect me to be like full like tea lady mode where mm-hmm. I'm like, and if you t- do this with, and if you add this herb and really they're just going to hear me rambling about, you know, 
shame and and COVID and <laughs> I'm about <laughs> it. This is to me, these are the these are the real episodes. <laughs> no shame or no no uh um shade or shade, I should no say, towards, towards the other episodes, but these are the ones that I'm all I'm all about. It's just the I random conversations. Thank you for tuning in to part one of my tea talk with Johnny. Make sure to check out part two, which is already uploaded, 